Let's get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to episode 200 of Netflix vs. Cinema. We can't believe it ourselves, this has snuck up on us and we have done absolutely nothing special for our 200th episode. So maybe a 201st. If you're listening to this and you think, oh, I need to get in touch, get in touch with something, get, up with, get, get in touch with suggestions of what we can do to mark our 200th um, uh, episode after it's already gone. And maybe we'll do something... Maybe we'll, maybe we'll know in time for 250. Anyway, my name is Tosin, and I am host of Netflix vs. Cinema. I am based up in the Midlands, somewhere near the well, somewhere near Birmingham. And joining me as always on the Isle of Wight is Sharon Bolland. Hello. Sean Harris. Hello. And all the way from London, our London correspondent, Holly Nesling. Hello. Yes, yes. Are we, I was thinking, so 200 episodes. What do you guys think we should have done if we had thought about this in time? Mm, we should have... Uh done our top 200 films now that was the problem i had i was like something to do with the number 200 i was like heck no i am not doing that <laughs> no that's it we, oh, so we, we could we could we could have done maybe i don't know that wouldn't work I, was I, I reckon we could have done a collective watch of something classic Ooh. Ooh. maybe something from our first show Ooh. Oh, good Lord. What did we do on our first show? Okay, cool. I'm gonna, I don't remember. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to have to go back because I, I, if, if I remember correctly, I mean, over the last 200 episodes, the format has changed a little. Uh, it's, yes. it's, it's, still been, I mean, it's still been the whole thing. I remember the first ever show that we did was Sean and I talking about the rules because we, we, said, we said, okay, what are going to be the rules of Netflix versus cinema? What, what, what are we going to do? Because it, we, 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 once we came up with the idea... We immediately saw some problems. Like you could just sort of like go, you know what? This is my. Sean goes. I love Fury. Fury is the my best film ever. I will watch Fury every single week, and I will come in and say, I have watched Fury. It is brilliant. Nothing in cinema beats Fury this week. Um, so yeah, we, we so we had things like you know the first thing was was the rules like it has to be something you haven't seen before. It has to be, and if you're going to bring a TV show to compare to a film, you have to watch the entire season of the TV show. And there was one other one, but I cannot remember where it was. Uh, uh, so that was it. But um, okay, looking back on it, our first proper show where we actually did, and then we ended, we ended up having just like loads and loads and loads of things, and then we eventually cut it down to what we have now, where we say three things, three things in cinema, three things at home, make it nice and easy. But the first show we did was called Aquaman versus Godless. Welcome. Wow. Oh, I saw Godless. Yes, I've yes. I've seen Aquaman. I saw Aquaman. Yeah. Welcome to Marwen versus July twenty two. Oh, that was me. Yeah, if you remember, if you remember, yeah, okay. I remember. I saw Welcome to Marwen, and I don't remember seeing July twenty two. That was the Paul Gingrass thing about the um, the guy who killed a whole bunch of people on an island uh, at a youth oh, retreat. Oh, I saw that. Yes, yes, Sharon. I remember you you talking about that. The Norwegian one. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. Yeah, the favorite. That was one of the first. I remember that was. Round about when Netflix was really trying to push and say we're going to make Oscar-worthy films and everything like that. I remember that 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 was one of the big ones that they did. Paul Greengrass going in there. The favorite versus to all the boys I've loved before. Now I watched to oh, all the boys. that one. I watched yeah. I watched to all the boys I've loved before, and I think you and Sean watched the favorite because I have I yeah. still haven't seen the favorite. I still haven't seen the favorite. I think that was Sean. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, and, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. I haven't seen that in a while. Yeah, and Mary Poppins returns versus A Prayer Before Dawn. 
I definitely mm-hmm. saw Mary Poppins Returns. And Sean saw a prayer before dawn. I remember yeah, I that. Remember. <laughs> I remember that. So that was our first show four years ago because we do roughly about f- yeah about f- four years ago. Yeah, four oh. years ago. And and bearing in mind that this is the third podcast that we that you sh- sh- you okay, Sharon, we Sean, and myself have done. Yeah, yeah. I've done. That means that we've been doing this for almost 10 years. We've been talking about films on a Thursday night for almost 10 years. <laughs> it is crazy. I mean, I mean, it, it is it is a bit nuts. And I know, Holly, last week you were sort of like going, hang on, we've known each other for about 23 years. And yeah. that is that is mind-boggling. But the fact that we have been sitting down on a Thursday evening and talking about films for almost 10 years is equally nuts to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's it equally nuts but but yeah and and if i had time and if i thought about this i would actually have gone back and found the first show that holly well i know the first show holly showed up on and that was during covid it was during the we lockdown. Did an interview with you when we did the interviews when we did the interviews and we we're asking people four questions i actually think those i quite i have a fondness for those shows even though we had no cinema yeah. where we went and we asked people four questions we asked them uh, what was the first one we ever saw in cinema? What's your favorite film of all time? Um, what? Uh, oh yeah, what are you most looking forward to seeing when cinemas reopen? And uh, and the final question was why cinema? What do you think makes cinema so great? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, the, the, we had some really really good interviews there. I know that was the first one, but I don't remember what the first one was. We where... did the Charlie's Angels one, the two of us. Yes, we yeah we the... as a special. Yes, the Charlie's Angels sort of feminism in cinema sort of be, yeah, be, yeah because you, I saw Charlie's, Charlie's Angels as the springboard yeah yeah I, I saw Charlie's Angels and I thought I and need neither to of us wanted to see it <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh, I, I, I saw Charlie's Angels like I need to speak to a woman about this I need to <laughs> I, I need to speak to a woman about this I mean just before we pressed record we were talking about uh, weirdly enough we were talking about Disney and Song of the South and I was talking about how the fact that there's a whole bunch of people who decide that something is offensive without ever speaking to the people who are supposed to be offended by the thing that is offensive. They just decide, no, that's it. Oh, that's racist. Are we, oh, to who? To black people. Have you spoken to a black person about it? No, but um, obviously it's racist. And I, and I saw Charlie's Angels and I thought, I need to speak to a woman. I need, <laughs> I need to get a woman on this thing to talk about this. So I know, Holly, you came on and you did that with us. But your actual... Actual first regular show with us. I can't figure out what it was, but we'll go, yeah. we'll have to go back. Oh my god, we did a Wonder Vision spoilerific show. Good lord, there was a lot of stuff. We've we've done a lot of stuff, but it, this is all you can you can go and you can search and you can find out what the films are that we've done. But happy two hundred, everyone. Happy two hundred. <laughs> happy two hundred. <laughs> oh, that's it. If you are a regular listener, if you have a favorite show. Please do let us know what it is. So I know that we do have some regular distance. We have Taiwo, my uh, my. We have Superfan Nina. She yeah. Tell us what your favorite episode is that we did, or the favorite moment that we have done in our last two hundred shows. I know that there was one particular one where Taiwo was talking about Sean, <laughs> me imitating a truck backing up as Sean was trying to, as Sean kept. I can't remember what Sean was reviewing, but Sean was talking about something, and he kept. Getting really close to a spoiler and going, oh no, can't say that. Oh no, can't say that. It was just, it was like a truck just back. It was like a truck back and going beep, beep, beep. <laughs> Sean backing away from spoilers. But yeah, tell us what it is. Tell us what your favorite thing is. And even if you are a recent, recent listener, like Holly, are we ready for this? Yep. Are we ready for this? Are we ready for this drum roll? 
John, John from Holly's place of work, who who is a recent regular recent regular listener, so much so that he listened to our Barbenheimer show last week, and he has requested more Barbie. He enjoyed the open the Oppenheimer. Um, Oppenheimer review and he says more Barbie and now John I don't know who you think you are just because you work with Holly you think you can come onto this show and you can dictate what it is we talk about well the truth is yes you can because of the number of listeners that we have at the moment the size of podcast that we are yeah tell us what you want and we will try and do something so we are not going to go through what we said again last week uh, but because we feel like Barbie funnily enough out of Barbenheimer out of Oppenheimer and Barbie Barbie is the film that it's like yeah, you don't want to give away spoilers for anything. But Hi. but now we have had Sharon and Sean watch Barbie. So and we wanted to know what you guys thought about it. So before we go into the films we actually have watched this week, tell us about Barbie and Oppenheimer. Tell me tell us about Barbie, what you thought about Barbie. Okay. For me, right, you start well, them. Okay. So I mean I wasn't gonna bother because from the trailer, the trailer yeah. looked looked absolutely awful and it was something I thought well I'm, I'm not going to bother but because you guys were going on about it so much I thought and Toes in particular you were saying you, I think you'll find this interesting you know Shawnee I think you'll find this interesting I like, like to point I did not say I think you'd like it I said I think you'll find it interesting interesting yeah that's it that's that exactly yeah I think you find this interesting so still need the summary though in case anybody didn't hear the last episode the, sum- the summary of what Barbie is about yes just because somebody might not have listened to the last episode and may walk into this blank. Okay. So, fine. So, fine. Okay, in, in so a nutshell, unless one, unless one of you guys want to do it. Okay. Anyway, so, so it's Barbie land, there's Barbie land, and Barbie decides that she, she suddenly has this crisis of, of a little bit of a meltdown and decides she's going to go and find out. She keeps having these visions, so she decides that she's going to go into the real world and find out what why she's having all these... Um, this this th- thoughts of death. <laughs> yeah, so death, death, Barbie, and yeah, and um, so yeah, so I went to see this, and I have to say it was much better than I thought. Yeah, okay, okay, cool, good stuff. I was really quite. I uh, thought it was, um, yeah. I mean, I really enjoyed it, and and I really liked it when uh, when they sort of changed the Barbies. Oh, we got, and they had those little montages between. You know what I mean? With the like the the. The, oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. The bit, the bit, the bit, the bit where they take the Barbies one by one into a truck, and then yeah, they say something yeah. to them, and, and then go, there's well, a. We'll, ding! Have this, we'll have this Barbie and that Barbie. Yeah. And that. Um, so yeah, I, I quite enjoyed it. Although I did start to get a little bit fed up towards the end. I got to be honest, I did think it was, um, you know, uh, and I mean, I don't like Will Ferrell anyway. Fine, <laughs> so, so uh, but yeah, that that he's another one like. Yeah, um, <laughs> another word. Another. So yeah, but on the whole, on the whole, I thought it was 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 okay. It, it was interesting, and I really did enjoy some moments of it. There were some 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 great moments, um, and uh, I thought the ca- Kens were good. You know what I mean? And, um, <laughs> the multiple Kens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I mean, as I say, although I, I started to towards the end get a little bit fancy, should we say? But I did think that the the musical bit when the musical bit with the you know the with the kens yeah the, yeah the, i thought that was quite cool so so um yeah so on the whole yeah it was pretty good and i would have given this a three star whereas so it was it was it was better than um better than i was expecting all right cool sharon yeah i think well i went into it expecting it to be almost like a girl's version of elf 
Oh, um, yeah. Where yeah. instead of Alf going into the, the real world, it was like Barbie going into the real world. And that was my expectation of it. And um, to some degree it was. It was like these innocents abroad. Yes. But then unlike Alf, where he maintained that innocence throughout, and even though sort of awful things happen, from a fundamentally, you know, he stayed true to what he'd always been. He was like this pure soul. Yeah. Whereas I think this was like that awakening almost of um, that transition between almost like the loss of innocence and that realization that there's more to the world than you thought. Yeah. And so, and I think how once that door's opened, you can't get back through it. Whereas, you know, that sort of compare and contrast where Alfie never lost that, that sort of pure heartedness and that innocence. Yes. Barbie, her eyes are opened. <laughs> and it's interesting to see how once someone's eyes are opened, you can't sort of put them back in the box yeah. again. And so I thought that was interesting. And I thought it's far more nuanced and there was far more layers to it than I was expecting. Yeah. <laughs> um, and even there's one bit I was almost thinking, is this like almost spiritual? <laughs> is this like, are we having a Roy Batty moment where he's like meeting his creator? Are we having, you know? <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. I know which video you're talking about. I know which video you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that it was far more nuanced than I was expecting it to be. And as you said, after when you watched it, you know, it was of all the films we watched when we watched this sort of the Barbenheimer sort of dance off. Yeah. Uh, that um, you weren't expecting the Barbie one to be the one that you thought about more yeah. um, <laughs> than you did. And there were sort of really lots of layers and um, quite I, I, big, I, I, hefty I, I, topics in there, actually, that I was, yeah. wasn't expecting them to face. Because in the audience when I was there, um, a group of women came in with all their children. There was like loads of really small children in the audience. And afterwards, I was thinking, what on earth would they have made of that? They probably <laughs> took in the, the singing and the dancing, but I'm thinking, would they understand any of the existential elements of the whole thing? <laughs> Hopefully not the uh, double entendres in there. No, there were a few of them in there. Yeah, some of the dance moves, and we think, oh, yeah. <laughs> and some of the, the yeah, the entendres were, were there. Yes, not I... even double in some cases. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was just like, it's there. <laughs> but yeah, the whole, to me, the tone of it was right. The fact that, you know, she doesn't know how to drink out of a glass because she never <laughs> has anything in. You know, or she's always sort of just done and there's nothing ever in it. <laughs> and, you know, her feet have never touched the ground. There's things like that that you know, sort of part of those things are in the trailer, so it's not a spoiler, but... Yeah, I thought it was more, far more nuanced than I was expecting it to be. And so and it was far more of a grown-up film than I was expecting it yeah, to be. Yeah, Because, you know, when you look at it, it's a 12, you're thinking, oh, this is definitely going to be, like, kiddie-friendly. Um, but I, in some, some ways, I thought, this isn't actually a film for children at all. <laughs> it's <laughs> Apart from the dance number at the beginning, this is not a children's film. This is actually very, sort of, adult. And it's sort of, in some ways, it's quite a serious film. It is. Uh, and I thought it was, yeah, far more um, complicated than, than we were led to believe when it first sort of hit our screens. Whether that was intentional or not, I don't know. Whether they wanted to go, it's Barbie, it's Alf in pink, it's you'll love it, it's Mamma Mia for the, tw you know, it's going to be that feel good, take all your friends and dress up sort of film. Yeah. And it's thinking, when I was sat there thinking, all the girls and those girls in the audience who were dressed up when I went to see it, I thought, what on earth are you making of all this? <laughs> this is not the <laughs> film that you were sold. <laughs> um, but I didn't think it was distracted for all that. I thought the fact that it turned out to be a sort of much more grown up film than I was expecting uh, 
yeah, it was really, really interesting to me. Did we talk last week about the Greta Gerwig refusing to shift her position on it? I can't remember if we talked about it or I had that conversation somewhere else. I think that might have been somewhere else. I do not remember this conversation at all. Apparently, um, Greta Gerwig asked if she would do it and she said yes and she came up with this is the film I'm going to do. Yeah. Then there was a suggestion of, well, no, could you change this bit? She said, no. You can, I'm doing this, or you can get someone else to do it. Could you change this? No, I'm going to do this, or you can get somebody else to do it. And she wasn't prepared to budge from, this is the film I want to make. You want me to do Barbie? This is how I do Barbie. Yeah, and I respect that, and I think the film is better for that because yeah. you can see that the, I mean, you could. Essentially, the fact that Mattel are the ones who commissioned this film, and the way Mattel are treated in this film, yeah. you, you you can immediately see all the conversations that would have been had. That that would have been had about, are you sure we shouldn't do this? And the fact that it was Greta Gerwig from the word go, I was like, this is not going to be a normal film. It's not going to be a normal film. It is not going to be Barbie Dreamhouse Saves America. It is not going to be that. And it's so it's um um and yeah, but. Uh, but I had, I actually I keep bumping into people and when I asked them about uh, Barbie there was someone who was asking me about it like a tennis and when when we were t- we were talking about Barbie so it was us two men and one of the older men was like what Barbie you're gonna watch Barbie and I was like 100 percent we're going to watch Barbie this is no and the guy who I was talking with Jack Jack was like Jack said he was like I was like what do you, uh, do you see Barbie I was like yeah yeah I did so what do you think and he said you know what. Thinking about it a couple of days later, I like it more than I thought I did immediately after I finished watching yeah. the film. And that is a, it's a reaction that I've seen. A, I've seen, I had that reaction. Holly, you had that reaction. And I've seen a lot of people have that reaction where after the film finishes, you're kind of like, it's almost kind of like a, what was that? And then a couple of days later, it reminds me of, Sean, remember, you remember Mother? Yeah, I remember Mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that, that was a very similar thing. And I was never expecting that I would be comparing Barbie to Mother. But, but after remember watching Bar- Mother and you're like what the hell was that and then after like two or three days later you're like I was, no yeah that was actually a good film I just, that was a really good film and it's a little bit like that with Barbie where I'm thinking I the, the while, while you're watching I don't think the story hangs together as well as you're watching it I feel like it's a bit disjointed in places and it doesn't really flow but then afterwards you kind of go but yeah, that. But they actually tried to do quite a bit of stuff in there. But anyway, John, I hope that's enough for you. We've we've done some more Barbie. The, the, um, the, the next step, the next step, John, will be that you go watch Barbie and then you can come tell us what you think. Yeah, mm, yeah. How about that? I'd like to add that another thing that has actually made me appreciate Barbie more has been the endless memes and videos that I've been sent over <laughs> the last week, which have actually been quite joyous and genuinely funny and have made me again feel fonder of it i i i'll tell you what i think any time a film creates a moment like a genuine moment that people actually engage with and start talking about and everything i'm really happy and i and i said i mean i put up a a thing uh on youtube as, as a short of just us and it was just essentially me talking it's like a six second clip of of our review and it was me saying i don't really care about star reviews this week because of cinema <laughs> and, and i and i and i and i hold up with that because cinema and so i love what barbie and oppenheimer have done in tandem 
And I know that the Mattel have now said, we have so many more toys we want to make films of. Which kind no. of... Yeah, yes, it kind of fills me with dread. It kind of, yeah. it kind of fills. It's made me a lot of money, hasn't it? It's, it's, it's made. It's made. It's gone over half. A, it's yeah. gone over half a billion. So it's over five hundred million dollars the other week. So it's made a lot of money. So Mattel have a whole bunch of. I think they're trying to do like how Disney have all these theme park rides, or have Disney have all these did, things that they want. Did they do GI Joe? I Mattel? think Mattel. I think GI Joe is Mattel. Right, no, 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 no! It can't be. It, no, I don't think. Sure. I don't think it is. I don't think it is because GI oh. Joe and Transformers are the same people. So I don't. Oh, I don't think GI Joe is Mattel. No. Joe. Oh, that will be. Oh my. no, that's Hasbro, isn't it? Yes. That's I would, yes, that's Hasbro. That's Hasbro. Yeah. I would just say, not on that note, but I think whoever did the casting, some of the cameo casting was absolute genius. <laughs> I'm just thinking of like the Sugar Daddy Bar, Bar um, Ken or whatever his name was. <laughs> I think that was just pure. <laughs> And a dopamine joy. Can, can, can someone explain <laughs> to me? To that can somebody explain to me, Alan. That's all I want to know. Alan. Oh, Alan. Alan was an actual doll. Right. Alan. Okay. Alan was an actual doll. That because that, that the thing about it is that if you know your Mattel stuff, there's loads of Easter eggs in the film. So Alan was an actual doll. Midge right. was an actual doll. Yes. Growing growing up, Skipper was so they made a pregnant doll. They made and growing up Skipper was an actual doll. So there's the scene in it where America Ferrera goes to the Skipper and raises her hands, and as she raises her hands, her boobs grow bigger. This was an actual doll that Mattel made. So, <laughs> so little girls who take this girl or take this doll, raise the doll's hand, and as you raise the doll's hands, the doll's boobs grow bigger. <laughs> so so yeah, and I think even at the, even in the, in the and in the in the credits, they actually go through a lot of the different yes, Barbies. Of the dolls. All the to share, yeah, they actually yeah, did yeah, make this good. stuff. They actually did make this stuff. So it's yeah, it, it's so. But yeah, and but we must move on. We must move on. Yes, we got to. We got to. Yeah. And then kudos for the clip. There's a clip from a certain well-known BBC television program in there. Kudos for showing that clip. That I think has. <laughs> <laughs> Please, that help. Don't make any others. But don't make any more, please. No, no, no. no. Mattel are going to. Mattel, are, they, they are going to make any others. And I think the only, the only, if there's any lesson that they should have, they should take the take whatever toy it is and give it to a filmmaker who is going to do something crazy with it, like Greta Gerwig has done with Barbie. So if they're going to say, right, we're going to um, take uh, Snakes and Ladders, but we're going to give it to Yorgos Latamos, who did the favorite do something with snakes and ladders, then I'm like, okay, I would be interested to see what he comes up with at least. It would be better than giving it to... <sighs> I don't want to disparage any director, but I, but usually what tends to happen is that they'll find... But you a... don't want a puff piece. Yeah, exactly. They'll find somebody who is, usually does a whole bunch of hip-hop videos um, that are just yeah. all about... Essentially, like, you know, give it to somebody who's directed a Fast and Furious movie. <laughs> <laughs> and and then the, the, I thought, uh, James Wan might do something. Give it to watch. Christopher Nolan. Why not? Yes. <laughs> well, I was just thinking exactly the same thing. Let's see what that comes up with. Yeah, give it yeah. to Christopher Nolan. See what he comes up with. But okay, cool. Let us move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. Magic right. Eight. They did Magic Eight Ball. Magic Eight. I think that that I think that's actually a plan to make that movie. But I think that if they're going to do a Magic Eight Ball movie, it needs to be a horror movie. That sense him has to be a horror. It has to be a horror movie, and they need to give it to Mike Flanagan. Mike Flanagan, Magic 8-Ball movie, he would make something freaky as hell. 
which would probably be a little bit like one of the films we might get to talk about this week because we've been <laughs> back in for Barbie for yeah. so long. So we might get to talk about this film that Sean has seen. But let's go quick, 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 quick. And um, I'm going to um, let's go with the films we're going to talk about this week. We're going to talk about Elemental. Elemental is <laughs> going to be the film that I'm going to kick off with. Now, this is the latest Pixar movie. And um, if you listen to this show any while, you know that I am kind of the resident animation uh, expert. So we all have a thing. I love animation. Sean hates certain actors. Sean, hate, Sean hates Stanley Tucci. He doesn't like Jason Clarke. He doesn't like Killian Murphy. So, yeah, must have loved a lot of those scenes in Oppenheimer. <laughs> <laughs> I did. No, but I did say, I think in the review, I did say that that's, yeah. his best, that's the best I've seen him. I yeah. did say that. You, you did say that's the best you've seen them both. Is this the best you've seen and them both? Stanley, you were saved from Stanley Tucci. No so. Stanley Tucci. He was one of the few people in Hollywood who was not in Oppenheimer. So, just okay. his sister-in-law, Emily Blunt. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. Oh, yeah. still so six family members in there. Yeah, six degrees there. of separation. Yeah. Six degrees of separation. And um, yeah, Sharon hates animation, and I am at the opposite end of the spectrum to Sharon on yeah. that. Love animation. So Pixar is this is the latest film, and I think um, to cut through quickly, this is kind of like Pixar's latest rom com. So Pixar are known for doing really, really high concept things like what if the monsters that kids are scared of at night are actually real and come out of the cupboard at night, but they live in their own world. That's Monsters, Inc. What if like, you know, all the emotions in the little girl's head are actually personified by this sort of anthropomorphic things like, you know, represent the different emotions and then they make and then they make a really, really great film about pretty much a mental breakdown. That's what. And this film is all about it's called Elemental because it's a place called Element City. And in this city, you have the four um, four elements. So you have water, wind, water, wind, earth, and fire, and they all live in this city. However, fire are the immigrants. They the, well, they show this city as being a city of like nobody originally came from here. And the film starts off with originally the water people arrived, and after a while, the wind people arrived, and after the wind people arrived, then the um, the, the earth people arrived. And then the fire people are the last to arrive. And the fire people, when they arrive, they're kind of like almost outcasts. They're not really allowed to live in the city because everything is built for the water people because the water people were there first. And the fire people have to sort of set up their own because if they get close to the water person, it kills them because essentially the water puts out the fire. So they have to set up their own sort of like fire township, so to say. And I use that word very particularly <laughs> for a sort of a fire township outside the city. And it carries on with this whole thing as the the... the this um this immigrant family that come in there they have a kid the kid grows up and it's about her wanting to take over from the the to take over her dad's business which he set up to for the five people to congregate around just as a shop and it's about her trying to do that and but she keeps having this really really explosive temper and burning everything <laughs> and one day while she has one of her fits a water guy comes through the pipes. Like, she bursts the pipes in the house. A water pipe, a water guy comes into the pipes. He works for the city, and he says he has to sort of write them up. So much so, there becomes this whole thing of, oh, I don't like you. Oh, you're trying to close my family things down. It's a rom-com. This becomes, it, this becomes a rom-com, and it becomes about the, the um, almost Romeo and Juliet-type romance that develops between a water guy and a fire girl. And that is... Pretty much all you really need to know, because I feel like this is a lot more straightforward than a lot of stuff that Pixar has done. When when they've done the high concept stuff, like uh, I th I still think Inside Out is a high watermark of what Pixar have done when it comes to high concept and everything like that. But but this is not up to that level. It is pretty much just a rom com. So you go through all the different things that you go in a rom com. There's the meet cutes. There's the meet the parents. There's the thing. There's the 
obstacle they have to overcome there is a version of a mad dash to the airport at the end of it and in there there's a very obvious message about race and about other other and about the different people and about how you accept different people and about whether it's possible or whether sometimes your um the differences are just too much to overcome because like you know with fire people they are destructive just by their nature if they come close to a tree the tree is burning <laughs> and if they if, so it's and so all in all i would give elemental a three out of five because i thought it wasn't top tier pixar but there were some good things in there but it you finish it and you kind of go yeah good try but no nah, not really so three stars i would give elemental now we are going to go over to holly and holly you tell us about lucy blackman so well a horrible backstory to lucy blackman it's a um oh, it's, well it's a, a documentary on netflix and it's about the uh disappearance and death of lucy blackman who was a 20, 21 year old um british woman who live who had was living at least temporarily in tokyo and whilst she was there she worked as what was called a hostess which is not you know is not not something you know sort of derogatory it was somebody who worked in a special clubs where you would go and you would have nice conversations with people and have drinks together and it was all very i won't say innocent but it was you know perfectly reasonable and off the back of this people would also the women who worked there would sometimes go and meet some of the patrons yep. outside might go for a meal or whatever and at a point comes where lucy disappears and is you know off the face of the earth no one can contact her no one can find her and it turns into a huge you know missing persons hunt they are you know you i mean we we know that you know obviously that that she was murdered um and it was all very very awful and the man responsible for it was a, a well a truly awful human well, being can I, I just check is this a documentary or a tv show it's a documentary okay cool on, on what um, platform did you see it netflix netflix all right so it it really it drills into the details of this yeah absolutely tragic horrific um you know, mur murder by somebody who yeah had a long long track record of the horrible horrible awful 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 behavior though it's just it's it's eye-wateringly painful but it goes through in a very interesting way interviewing the family moving back and forth with some of the japanese uh police officers yep. detectives who had who had done the investigation and it was a really really interesting very good um piece of viewing it was it was well structured it was obviously distressing there's no way you can watch something like that and not be distressed by it but it was quite interesting to have the insight into the police force of a different country and how they 
how they react, the different nuances that they'd had, the the different ways of working. And when we're so used to either seeing things about the police in the US, both through a lens of, you know, law and order and whatever else, and through the frequently, obviously, because it only hits the news when it's awful, that some of the awful behaviour you see from the police in the US, and likewise in the UK, where yeah. a lot of the, the things that make the press are about some truly awful awful behavior to see that but what we know of these things to see this contrast and to sort of appreciate how what happened what the impacts it was what the emotional impacts uh the long-term life impacts the entire thing had had on everybody involved on her family and then see it structured so well in a really compelling and thought-provoking fashion but not tasteless not yeah. it, it wasn't celebrating or yeah you yeah, know, you, you, yeah if, if we're going to talk about things that we don't like i mean we've spoken at length about true crime and how i we even had a section on our youtube channel where we're just talking about true crime is is exploitative and how i talk about the fact that i feel like a lot of true crime is just kind of like it's like gawping at a road accident it, yep. it's, it's like instead instead of calling instead of calling 9999 uh, 9, 9, it's just like going oh, look at that and also glorifying the person who did the crime and there are some of them that managed to elevate and tell you something else it sounds like you're saying this is one of those ones that I've managed to elevate very very much so it's it's thought-provoking it was insightful they manage the tragedy of it very well the complexities of the investigation it's how how they got to where they did the yeah. things that learned it was it didn't feel exploitative it didn't feel like it was a you know look look you know pretty blonde woman got murdered it had it had depth it gave you some it gave you some insight and you know i i walked away thinking about it and it's and this goes back to she was 21 and it was in about 2000 ish right. she's okay. nearly the same age as, as i am was nearly oh yeah 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 it would have been yeah quite quite insightful so it's, i i would thoroughly recommend it oh, okay and i think it's a i think it's a firm four star four stars okay cool bang on time because obviously we spent oh we dedicate quite a bit of time to barbie i need to move us along so <laughs> so because i can see i can see that sean sean's beginning to get that whole thing where he gets a bit anti and gets ants in his pants and starts all like you know fidgeting and everything like yeah, that very, very fidgety. Uh, and, and sean gets that when he has a when he's watching a film he doesn't like and if we are sat down here recording a <laughs> podcast and get sean is getting fidgety that's like a sign of okay move on people move on enough about this pink <laughs> <laughs> so sean i'm gonna pass over to you that's right I, I i can generally do mine pretty quick as you know okay. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of I... yes yes but sean now we're gonna hand over to we're gonna go away from something pink and hand it to you to hand over to you for something red and this is insidious the red door oh, insidious the red door so, I'm like okay let's see if we can remember it so i've, I've you know me i've with my horrors i try to get horrors that are going to scare me you know and, and I've, yes you, you are one of those weird people yes that, that, that you know doesn't like straight anyway so basically this is a story this is part of a franchise insidious has been around for a while um and so basically this story is it is the pardon 
I haven't seen any of them. No, Same here. I, I, I have avoided. I have avoided them. They, they sort of. They sort of go into a dip. In the first one, they sort of go into a trance, an astral plane, and go into a different, different dimension that's not particularly nice with, with, with you know, strange, strange demons and things. But anyway, so this one, they've actually. So this, this is a few years down the line, about ten years down the line. But their memories have been suppressed. He's got an older son. The son's grown up, and he's got all the teenage angst and. He's a bit of an artist and he goes off to university and he he starts doing all these these weird and basically yeah it's like a, so, so it goes into the same thing where he's, he does a picture he does this painting of the red door you know so he's got, he's got like a red door and that, that's where the red door comes in and, and then these things sort of start appear and start coming out and they start remembering things and they have to go back into that that realm so that's basically the story is that the father has to go back into the realm to, to rescue the son and then the son comes to sort of his senses astroplaning and does something to the painting so yeah it's pretty awful really it's pretty bad <laughs> um, so I mean it's just like oh come on come on um I, I don't even know who the actor is in it I should know him because he's in all of them and I think Patrick Wilson those, yeah Michael Colson and no Pat, Patrick sure. Patrick Wilson Patrick Wilson, right? Yeah. Okay, Patrick Wilson. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if that's all he does because I know he's been in some of the other. I, I get confused with the franchises between Insidious and The Conjuring. The other ones. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. There's yeah. there's Insidious. There's The Conjuring, and there is the Conjuring, Sinis the Sinister. Sinister, Sinister. Yeah. yeah. So they're all pretty much like cheap. Cheap. I suppose they make a lot of money, so I mean that's why they keep churning them out. Well, know, compared a... compared to the amount of money that they spent on them, they do that's make a lot of money. So it, they 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 all come from a company called Bloom House, where's a guy Bloom called House, Jason Bloom, right. and he is he is known for he he essentially went okay, we're going to make horror movies. We're not going to we're we're going to keep the budget tight, and they focus a lot on like you know up and coming filmmakers, and they focus a lot on the story and all that. So I hear that a lot with the Insidious and Sinister films, even though I haven't seen them. People say that it's really about the, at least the early ones, is about the story and it was about something and it was about the idea behind them. So, what was that, Holly? Fantasy Island. That was. Uh, oh, that Fantasy was Island was fun. terrible. Fantasy, <laughs> Fantasy Island was. Oh, okay, that was another question we asked. We asked you what was the final film you saw before the <laughs> lockdown hit, and mine was Fantasy Island for like a year. I had Fantasy Island as represented <laughs> cinema. That film <laughs> sucked. Can't wait for it to come back. Oh, good <laughs> lord! The next one. <laughs> Sorry, but Sean, Sean, carry on. No, 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 no. That's fine. I like, I like the interaction. But yeah, so um, yeah, they, they are pretty, pretty um, awful films to be fair. But they, they're cheap. They, you can see they're cheap. And I remember the first Insidious, and it was like this. Should we just say it was like? Um, like Darth, Darth, this is how I'll explain the demon. Darth Maul sitting in a load of electric light bulbs. Um, <laughs> just bizarre. I know that. I don't know if you can picture that at all. But yeah, so Darth, the demon thing is like Darth Maul, basically, you know, and, and with, with just, yeah. So, so on the whole, so I know we need to move on. I can't really say much more than this, as though obviously it's going to make up money, but I think this one probably is the worst of them all and it is really really not very good and it's only going to 
get a two star rating. I have heard similar things. I've heard similar things. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, I'm remembering, I'm, you know, now I'm, I'm remembering our lockdown interviews. And I remember that, Sean, your final film that you saw Bloodshot. was Bloodshot with Vin Bloodshot. Diesel. And I remember, yeah. I, remember, I remember thinking that we did not choose our final films before the cinema's locked down very well. Yeah. <laughs> we did not I choose them. Honestly, can't remember what mine was. Honestly, can't remember. I remember there were some people who, because I remember asking this question on like a forum on Facebook, and there were some people who said Parasite. That was the final film that they'd seen. Uh, we, oh, and, nice. I, and I was kind of like, oh, okay, cool. You, 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 you have chosen wisely. Is <laughs> what I had to say to those people. But maybe with me, Fantasy Island. Ugh. But anyway, um, let us move on. And now we're going to go back to Netflix and Friends, and we are going to talk about Nimona. Now this is uh it is an animated film animated film um on Netflix and this film one of the big things that has been spoken about this film is about the story of getting this film to the to the screen because Nimona was a film that was being made by uh, 20th Century Fox and then Disney took over 20th Century Fox and when Disney came took over 20th Century Fox there was like a call there was that we, we, I mean we were complaining earlier about Disney doing the whole thing where they've taken a whole bunch of things off Disney Plus because they can because they are they are those corporate overlords Disney are those corporate overlords and when they took over 20th Century Fox there was just a whole bunch of stuff they said nope not doing that anymore cancel it there were some films that were almost finished and they went no we're gonna cancel it and Nimona was one of those films where they said we're gonna cancel it Sharon you can switch off because it's animated. So, so <laughs> just just come back, switch back on in five minutes. Go to your happy place. So, yeah. <laughs> so but 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 like, but Nimona is set in this world. It's set in this world where imagine if you had like you know ancient um, King Arthur's type England, but there. So when you start off, you start off in that world. But then thousands of years later, this world has developed. So it still looks like ancient. King Arthur style England. It still has, but imagine, oh, that's exactly what it is. Imagine if you combined uh, Camelot, King Arthur's Camelot, with Blade Runner. That, <laughs> that's what this world looks like now. So they drive around on these sort of motorcycles that look like horses. They still have knights who protect the realm. They still have like a king, a queen, and all that kind of stuff. And the, and, oh, it's, it's set around a guy called Ballister. Ballister is the main character and he is someone who has come from usually you have the knights and the knights come from you know the landed gentry and all that and they say oh there's somebody called um uh i can't remember what her name is but this guy he is the he's he's he is he is a direct descendant of her he's a direct descendant of her and he's like you know the best knight and everything like that but you have ballister who's from the streets and he's the first person who they've allowed in to train to be a knight of the realm being from the streets by the beginning of the story, where they have this thing, uh, this film has a has a quite a great sense of humor, and they have this thing called a knight to knight the knights, which, which is this big thing they do every year, where they knight all the knights, say you have passed, and now you shall be a knight of the realm, and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> Something goes wrong at the knight to knight the knights, and Ballister becomes like you know public enemy number one, and he becomes a fugitive, where everybody's looking for him and saying we need to catch catch Ballister. Nimona happens to be this because they have this whole world the whole idea behind it is that they live in this gated community and they are this gated community is supposed to protect them from the monsters and they keep saying the monsters are out there don't leave the walls because the monsters are out there you've got to stop from the monsters and Nimona shows up and she is what they would call a monster she's a shapeshifter and she decides 
through for reasons that you find out later, she decides Ballister, he's a bad guy. I'm going to become his sidekick. <laughs> and and so she so she tracks this guy down and says, Right, that's it, you're a bad guy. He's like, I'm not a bad guy. It's it's a misunderstanding. And she's like, Nope, you I'm gonna be a sidekick. And it's all about what carries at it, it's this anarchic, crazy, great kind of thing with with Nimona voiced by Chloe Grace Morris. I mean Nimona is a brilliant character because almost everything she says is like hilarious. It goes off in one direction or another. There is some there are some it's obviously a film that's supposed to be made about otherness and it's supposed to be made about people who are put outside of the how a society can come together and say decide that this person is outside. This person is non desirable. And it, through no fault of that person, it just say like this person is non desirable, and it can it can be taken as an allegory for race, an allegory for sexuality, an allegory for gender. It could be taken as a whole bunch of those different things, and uh, you can see why people why Disney cancelled it because they cancelled it, and then eventually Annapurna, a TV, managed to get get it off Disney's hands, resurrected and put it onto Netflix. I'm quite happy that they did because I think this is very very good, but it is also. It's almost like an anti-fairy tale. It's like you have all the things that happen in a fairy tale and Nimona so resolutely refuses to do any of those things. <laughs> so oh, so I think it's really, really good. I would recommend watching it, even if you hate animation. Sharon, come back to us. Uh, <laughs> even if you hate it, I would, I would recommend watching Nimona on Netflix. I'll give it a four out of five stars. It is and it's something the whole family can watch together. My two and a half year old daughter has been watching it on loop. Pretty much, it's been between that and Encanto, and she's so like watching, going Nimona. We want to watch Nimona <laughs> and all that. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, uh, I, and I think it has it has some good messages. It has some good things to think about. Some of it, I think, is a bit simplistic. Like there's a bit where they where they have a go at somebody for asking small minded questions, and quite frankly, I didn't think those questions were small minded. I thought that they were actually valid questions when you come across something you've never seen before <laughs> when you come across something that that questions everything about what you thought the, the world was i think some of those questions might be valid but i think i'm in a minority on that oh well anyway so yeah nimona four stars for nimona and now we shall move on to the film that we were talking about um talk to me so, to me, yeah. so yeah, Sean, Sean, uh, this I'm going to be intrigued by because the things I've heard about Talk to Me is Australian horror movie. I've heard that. I've heard Australian horror movie, and I have heard that there are that. Well, people are people are raving about this a little bit in the way they raved about something like Hereditary or Midsummer. Mm-hmm. And I know that whenever that happens, whenever people rave about a horror movie, I usually come to Sean. For, <laughs> I usually come to Sean to cut them down to size. And if uh, and, and if Sean backs up the hype, then it's worth of hype. It's worthy of hype. And I'm actually watching this horror movie. But Sean, tell us about this. Okay, so talk to me. This is um, basically it's like like teams. They they there's this this hand thing which is in the trailer. Which if they grab hold of it, they can talk to to people in the spiritual world they yep. can and that's where you get the talk to me and then they can actually if they want to they can say you know do you want to join me like and then so they people can get possessed by whatever person it is for um but but the teams are like no more than 90 seconds no more than 90 seconds otherwise you know you get stuck with this 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 uh yes this en- spirit. entity or spirit yeah. or whatever you want to do but so so that's basically there's there's this girl and a group of friends. This girl, she's lost her mother uh, for a couple of years, and she's 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 quite traumatized by the whole thing. Um, 
and uh, so she decides she's at a party with her friends and that, and some some people have had a go and they go, whoa, that was that was a rush, that was that was. So she decides that she's going to have a go, so, and then she says, talk. They hold this hand. She goes, talk to me, and this this one says, they just says, oh, we like him, and uh, and then they say, oh, you know, stop, 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 and. Uh, so they decide they want to do it again. They decide because it's quite a rush, apparently. And um, she's there's this young boy of her, of her friend, her best friend, has got like a, uh, should we say, a adolescent boy, and and he just happens to go out, and she's supposed to be looking after him, and uh, he's like, um, they... oh, I want to have a go, I want to have a go, and he's saying, no, 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 you can't, you can't. And anyway, she concedes, and let's just say it all goes goes sort of fairly pear-shaped since then it, let's, like, let's just say it's a horror movie what else did you expect it's a horror movie what else do you expect yeah so that 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 particular scene was 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 quite whoa that was a bit um okay whoa, so yeah so okay. um quite quite surprising quite um quite interesting that particular scene um and then so Basically, what I'm saying is like she keeps thinking she this girl's mother's lost. She keeps saying she thinks her mother. She she keeps thinking you know, she, and her mother sort of tells her to tells her to do things. Yeah, you know, she yeah. sort of tells her to do things, and because it's her mother and she thinks it's her mother, she wants to keep going on. But obviously, it's it's you know some mother, some sort of uh, particularly not very nice entity that's obviously using. So so yeah, so that's basically the story anyway. It's a horror film. Um, yeah, it's quite. I wasn't scared. It didn't scare me or anything like that, and it wasn't jumpy or anything like that. But I thought it was quite interesting. It was quite an interesting, and especially there was a there was a good little twist at the end, which I, I I quite liked. I thought that was quite good, but it didn't scare me. I wasn't scared, and I mean, okay, so, yeah, there was a few, few. There was a few violent bits in it. You, you know, say, you know, but, Sean. Everything that you're saying so far has has already made this into the upper echelons of horror movies. Of yeah, yeah. because so, we, yeah, I think I think they made I think they made a decent effort, and I did think it was quite some of the things was quite feasible. You know what I mean? I, yeah. Not that I believe in possession and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But um, it was the, the way it was done. I thought was 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 fairly clever and fairly well thought out, and it was quite atmospheric. And as I say, that there, there were a couple of scenes in it which I thought were particularly good. The ending, towards the end, I don't know, I don't know so much. It sort of tailed off towards the end, but it did have moments, and yeah. I can see why. I could see people would like this. It was far superior to Insidious or, or any of those <laughs> others. So. I did watch the first twenty minutes of this film with. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. If Char- I didn't know. If, I wasn't going to say anything, Sharon. But so. I mean, yeah, so I mean, we... this was a secret screening that we both went along to. Yeah. Okay. Because we've been to the secret screenings before, and basically, as soon as the credits come up, a lot of people get up and leave. Yeah, as soon yeah. as it says it's like horror scenes, the body, 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 they go. So you have that instant sort of departure of a lot of people and I thought no I'll stick it out for the first bit to see what yeah. this turns into because I don't mind weird and I don't mind sort of right. um you know, what I call a classic horror sort of zombies werewolves yeah. vampires yeah. So I don't mind that sort of horror mm-hmm. at all but I'm not keen on sort of talk to porn horror and I'm and um, I'm not keen on sort of ghosty stuff ghosty so stuff. I thought well I'll stick it out and see what happens mm-hmm. and then they sort of get into the bit when they were doing like the seances and they yeah, were getting yeah. I, I could see that whole so that whole right. possession bit and I was I, just like 
I felt I you were, and I I felt you were staying for me, really. I felt you were staying for me, which I appreciated. Yeah, but I think so I did stay, and, I, I and we did have this was... quick, are yeah. you uncomfortable? Yes, I am. Okay, I'll stay. Okay, I'll go. <laughs> so yeah. I sneaked out at that point because I was not comfortable watching the whole, yes. um, yeah, the whole demon possession thing. It was not my thing. Yeah, well, they, I think I think that oh, to me that says that they've done something effective. In fact, they've done something effective that's effectively creepy enough for you to make you go, no, not for me. Goodbye. <laughs> As opposed to what a bunch of nonsense. So, yeah, so I'm not into that occult aspect of stuff. So I was thinking, to me, it was sort of a bit too much of the occult in there, and I just thought, no, thank you. Okay. Yeah, oh. there wasn't really any any. Um, there wasn't any like you know normally sometimes you can get in those sort of things. There's always like a good presence as well as the evil yeah. stuff. Yeah. There was no good. There was no good in this. No good at all. You know. It, there was no no like nice presence. It's just the, the, there's there's bad supernatural stuff and the humans are on their own. The, yeah, the, yeah. the teams are on pretty their own. Much. So how pretty many much. stars would you give this? Okay. Well, I'm going to give this actually give this. It's not. I don't think it's. I'm going to give this one a three because okay. I won't say I hated it. I won't say it was. And and I could see where it was going, and I thought it was quite clever. And there's a lot more thought put into it than a lot of these other ones that are just made for schlock horror, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. scary trying to make some money. So I'm intrigued to know that because you mentioned people have compared it to Midsummer, and I did see Midsummer. Um, no, nothing like compare it. Compare it to that at all? No. No, no, no. no. I, I, it wasn't. I was saying that it's the kind of the kind of um, buzz. It's that an indie buzz about yeah, it. The, yeah, the indie buzz, the yeah. indie buzz about it. The saying that oh, this is a this is a new voice. This yeah. is a new voice in the, the, the because I think it's directed yeah. by two twin brothers, two twin Australian brothers from the name I'm guessing of Greek descent, Danny and George Philippou. I think it is. Oh, okay, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So um um. All right. Cool. So three stars for top. Yeah, I think I think this will be popular with certain people, and I could see why it's probably getting some some decent. It's 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 the best of that sort of bunch. It doesn't really, you know, it wasn't, but it made a good effort. Um, yeah, I, 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 I think Holly it, might be scared. Do you watch horror films, Holly? I do, and I'm usually terrified of them. But often hiding behind something. But then Hereditary, people said, was scary, and I was just like, "This is." Hereditary was 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 Ab pants. I think I reviewed that one. Rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> there is a bit in it where they go, which they like you, <laughs> which was quite, which was quite interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, also, Midsummer, I thought was fairly meh. Good car. Ah, no, it was class. Midsummer. <laughs> Leave it. I was like, nah. I, I went online. But then I'm a big, huge fan of um, Florence Pugh, aren't I? Yeah. yeah. Why it's weird that I don't like her. I think she's fantastic. I, I went on Wikipedia and read what both what happens in both of them because I decided not watching it. So, <laughs> so Ari, I did see Midsummer. I haven't seen Hereditary. So Ari Aster, I liked Midsummer. Yeah, Ari Aster, haven't seen any of your stuff. I might see Bo is Afraid, even though that sounds weird and <laughs> deliberately, deliberately sort of like, you know, hard to get. But speaking about, you know, when the card shows up at the beginning of films and says, oh, contained scenes of blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Uh, I went to say the other day when I reviewed No Hard Feelings, I went to, I saw that in the cinema and it came up at the beginning and it says like, you know, con contains um, crude language, brief nudity and everything. And there were these two older ladies who were probably around about between 60 and 70, sat beside me. Yeah. And one of them leaned over to the other one. When he said like, you know, contains crude language, nudity and all that, she went, yeah. oh, right up my street. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I think you'd be surprised what a few sixty-year-olds. Just the way she said it, the way she said it, I was just kind of like, okay, cool. I'm having a good time already in this film. Having a good time already in this film. All right, cool. And now we go over to a final thing on cinema, and I believe this is on YouTube. Sean has been diving into YouTube so much that he might become our YouTube correspondent. And you have been you have been finding yourself a whole bunch of Elvis movies, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, I have. Well, only one. No, it was on Sky actually. It was on Sky. Okay, cool. Yeah, Sky. Yeah, it was on Sky. Um, I actually actually uh, started to to see this. Um, you probably could get on YouTube. And yeah, this is King Creole. King Creole. And I mean, oh yeah, oh Sharon, you have seen King Creole. Yeah, I've seen most of Elvis's films actually. Oh, we did discuss it has we did put a little poll out on our whatsapp group i didn't get a chance to answer because i've been oh, in that all day today yeah. but it does have anyone seen any of his films i think i've seen nearly all of them oh that's good i've, I've oh. seen quite a few i've seen quite a few yeah, yeah well anyway so okay yeah, yeah no, no no that's cool that's brilliant if you see most of them so you've obviously seen this as well sharon which is yeah, great because yeah, I've seen i mean more. yeah I started, one of his better ones his early ones yeah when he was started acting. to watch it and it's i mean it's a black and white um I think it's based on a book, and if I know Sharon, she's probably read that book. But whatever. I might have done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, so Maybe. this is this is like um, uh, Elvis is a bit of a high school, well, high school dropout. He's failed at school. His dad's gone um, bankrupt before, and you know, but he, he wants to finish school. And then Elvis mixes with a bad bunch of people for a short while, but deep down, he's a good guy. Um, and but then he becomes he gets a chance to obviously perform and becomes quite popular and then gets a bit gangstery and what have you um and yeah so so it is really really atmospheric and there's not too much singing in it really is there and it's a bit like a, a film noir a little bit of a, a in his early films thing. it what well, they weren't just musicals to, to no. showcase his talent he was yeah. he was genuinely wanted to act he, he really wanted to be a good actor he and and, yeah, and yeah. i think i think there's evidence that he was he yeah, was actually yeah, a good actor if they if they would have let him act. <laughs> but yes, after a while, yes. they just wouldn't let him. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I think he I think he must have been easily manipulated, don't you think so, Elvis as a as a person, really? Pretty much. Well, well, I mean, <laughs> but, I mean, obviously, there's the Baz Luhrmann film and all that kind yeah, of stuff, and there's stuff yeah. about him with with the relationship between Colonel Tom Parker. Colonel Parker. But yeah. I think it's it's the it, but it's a typical thing, and um, this happens a lot with because okay, I'm a tennis fan, and you have a lot of tennis players who become famous really really young. They become famous really really young, and then once they become famous, there there are chances, there are cases where the vultures just descend. And those people, when they become famous very young, everything gets done for them. They get told what to do, and they don't really get to develop that whole how do I do things myself. Thing. And I think with Elvis, I mean, quite frankly, I think it happened with Michael Jackson. I think it happened with Elvis. So I think that there might have been times when he was just he was he was just kind of like told, "Oh, don't worry, you're a pretty little head about this. We'll sort it out." And yeah, That's so it. yeah. But anyway, but, sorry, but, King Creole. But, I mean, yeah, but, but this this was quite good as a as as a film. I think this was quite as a film. It was it was fairly good. You know, it wasn't like like a musical. I didn't think, and there was some good performance. Epps Walter Matthau was was. Oh yeah early performance and and he was really good at it dean jagger another actor that i think is quite good um and yeah no i i, I found myself thinking well this isn't too bad at all you know this is this is uh, this is not a bad movie because i wouldn't it just happened to be on it just happened to be on where i was and i started sort of 
watched the beginning and I thought, oh, and one of those films, I thought, oh, I'm going to finish this now. Yeah. Because. Um, what were you going to say, Holly? You were going to say something. Like, yeah, there's, that there's, a, there's been said somewhere that people sort of freeze at the point at which they become famous and they don't really grow as a person beyond that point. And Michael Jackson was, what, five? Oh, good Lord. Um, and that explains a lot, if you think of it in those terms. Yeah. That people sort of freeze at the point where they, they lose that sort of, you say, that. that the development. Yeah. So you suddenly, ever as you say, everyone descends, and you no longer need to evolve as a person. So Elvis got to stop evolving. Was, he was that teenage heartthrob. So that was always all, all they were ever going to allow him to be. Yeah. When he became famous, frozen in time. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting, isn't it? An interesting theory. <laughs> but yeah, I think if you like, yeah, that is an interesting point actually. When you think of his films, his later films that he did, where he'd basically just given up, and it was like, yeah playing it by number there's like films by numbers yeah um it was just yeah yeah one one musical number after another and then with the, the storyline was just like the storyline was like yeah yeah how how, how, we gonna, how many how many times are we gonna get elvis to sing oh <laughs> yeah 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 he clipped, me, he clipped me around the ear in his last vegas gear when i was three yeah, yeah anyway never mind if you look at king creole as i think it's a good film because if you set it within that context of 50s films of its type, it does sit in well with those sort of type of, you know, where with the James Deans and the early sort of Marlon Brando's, yeah. he was he was destined probably, if he'd been allowed to act, he would have been within that. Yeah, it would have been. Sort of his, those, yeah. his films would have been regarded in the same way as we look at, you know, not quite on the waterfront, not moments, but you'd look at him <laughs> certainly in the same way as you look at James Dean films. <laughs> that, that was, you'd that's, look that... at it in the that was Elvis. I could have been a contender if they let me act. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I think if you look at those, there's only a particular type of, they only sort of lasted for a short period. It wasn't the whole of the 50s, sort of like about that sort of mid, 53 to like 57, you had these sort of core of really gritty, um, intense films. Because I love films of the 50s. Yeah. I really sort of like that sort of look about it. And I like the sort of the, the yeah. aesthetics of it. Um even yeah. the, the, the American ones and the British ones. There's some British 50s films that that whole still rationing post-war. It's a different vibe altogether, but I do love that sort of 50s vibe. And yeah. I think, yeah, he was, we were um, we were denied sort of something quite special, I think, when we, we lost him as an actor and we, we just had him as a singer, mm. really. Yeah, 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 because, yeah. I mean, he did show potential in this movie, didn't he? He did show potential Absolutely, in, yeah. in this film. Yeah. So, yeah, there's yeah. Like only two or three where you think, yes, this is this is the good film. Well, I think J- Jailhouse Rock. Is they're fun. J- yeah. Jailhouse Rock is definitely on that list for me. Jailhouse Rock. Oh, yeah. I, I, I tell you what's quite interesting though. I've been watching lots of trailers from Hell. There's a thing on YouTube called Trailers from Hell, where you've got all these famous directors, Edgar Wright, Scorsese, and they're all talking about films. Yeah. And nearly all of those directors, one about the years of film, nearly all of them say that the 1970s was the best era for Hollywood films. <laughs> so, sure, Sean just had to get that in there. Yeah, yeah, I just had to get that Sean just had to get that in there. If, if he could live in an, even a decade of films, it would uh, yeah. be the 1970s. 1970s, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's much maligned, and yet it's a... It's a, it's a well, the, I, I, don't, I don't think it gets maligned at all. I think it's the other way. I think I've, I've, or I think if the if 1970s gets maligned, it is because um, it's, it's a very hipstery thing to wax on and go on about the films of the 70s and oh my god when you know Jack Nicholson was really really showing <laughs> a young Jack Nicholson was showing his craft and showing exactly what he was all about it's it's yeah. it's a very it's a very kind of that kind of thing you know people yeah, people yeah. in tight jeans talking in cafes in Camden 
So, <laughs> but... and I think I, I think like um like of an age, you can generally tell the directors of the films like with the music what that they use yeah. and, and whatever influence at the time. So I guess a lot of directors that have done their their journey have done their thing. Were, when I mean, it's amazing how many of them were influenced by by some of the films from the seventies. You know. Okay. So so Sean, before we carry on, I talk. So King Creole. How many stars would you give it? Three stars. Three, three strong three stars. Yeah. Three stars for King Creole. Sean's, yeah. Sean's foray into Elvis stuff. I would say Jem. Yeah. Je, uh, I probably would have given it a four. A four star. Okay. Because yeah. I just, yeah, that sort of, I like that, that, that look. Yeah, but I think if you that like feel. that, if you like that, I would say Jailhouse Rock. Jailhouse Rock yeah, is... Jailhouse Rock is also a very good film. Has a similar kind yeah. of thing of like, you know, boy gets into the background. But the difference is that with that one, he kind of ends up becoming Elvis. He does, he turns into Elvis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it kind of like, he starts off like this kid from the thing who gets into a background and then he, he they find out that he's good with a guitar and, with a, and then he ends up becoming Elvis. That's even, there's even like a, there's almost like a Colonel Tom Parker ver- character in yes, that film. Yes, there is. Oh. So, is, that, is Kid Galahad, is that also an Elvis film? Yes. Okay, cool. Because I had the I had the thing in there because there's one in which I remember that he is playing a soldier. Because after a while, this film started he did being a few soldier ones. Yeah, the, the, there were soldier ones, and there were some of them that were very lazily set in Hawaii. Oh yeah, there's like GI blues, and there was sort of like the GI Hawaii something or other. The, yeah, there's a few. Of there's those. blue something. There's blue something mm. or other. Blue Hawaii? No, blue, blue Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. The other the other film I've seen of his was, and that was a while ago. I think it's called Love Me Tender, and it's a western. Yes, yeah. Love Me like Tender. Brothers. They're like brothers, and they yeah. favourites. I've seen that one, but that was probably, I've watched that probably because of western. And I've seen clips, obviously, over the years of some of the other, but I've never actually watched it. Uh, yeah, Viva Las Vegas. Girls, oh, girls, girls. I, I love Viva Las Vegas. Okay. Yeah, Elvis and Anna Margaret. I really, really like people like Margaret Vegas. doing her dancing with her. I always think they're like the fifties pants. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they like the, yeah, all these dancers they turn up with like a an orange cardigan and these sort of black pants on. Uh, I, I know. Must be uh, uh, And not some of those sixties like the the Las Vegas. Early sixties. Viva Las Vegas early is early sixties. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's when it goes into color. Right. So, question: Who do you think has won this week? Netflix or cinema? Netflix. Netflix. Yeah, it's 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 not even a fight. It's it's not even a, after <laughs> after the glory of Barbenheimer last week, we are brought back smashing down to earth, smashing down to earth. Um, um yeah, and Netflix has won that has won this week. And just wanted to say that um, we talk about people getting in touch with us and everything, and we do want people to get in touch with us. We want people to get in touch with us on on YouTube, on Netflix, via cinema, on Twitter, or whatever it is it's called now. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, we're still Netflix via cinema on there. Just again, let, let us know what you did. And somebody, like somebody who is called Coolie Pie, Coolie Pie is their, their name on YouTube. And this is what we took. This, this, is, this is the kind of show that we are. Even if we wholeheartedly do not agree with you, we will still read out what you tell us. So this person came up and said on, the, on our review of The Flash, Sean, get this out. The Flash was 12 out of 10. Absolutely incredible. Loved it. Oh, oh well. And I'm just thinking. No count for taste. Yeah, no, 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 I'm just kind of. No, I'm, I'm, I'm like, Coolie Pie, I am happy for you. I think that in the way the if world is. you love something, great. Yeah, exactly. If you, yeah. Love, if you love something, fine. I do not understand it. I do not agree. I do not see any way in which, way, which that is true. But if you love it and if you're enjoying it, that is great. A bit like the lady or who, or I think it was a lady or the person who seemed to make it her. When we spoke about persuasion, 
made it her job to go around every negative review of persuasion on YouTube and say, I liked it. <laughs> and I just kept seeing this name, this name pop up in all these different places. I'm like, look, that that's it's dedication it's it, commitment it's, it's commitment i do not understand it but if that's what you say yeah. i'm happy that you're enjoying it but you i do not it. agree you liked it cool. you liked it yeah yeah so everyone... there's um there's a i've got to say there's sharon the oh yeah first of all i'm i'm off in spain saturday i'm going to spain on saturday so Ooh. I, I won't and i get back on the 12th um but on the 13th there is the first X film I ever saw when I was 13 years old. It is the 50th anniversary of Enter the Dragon, and it's showing on Sunday the 13th at, at Screen Two, Sharon. So if you want to come Ooh. see that, you want to I come like, by, I do like, like Enter the Dragon. I'm like there. I'm, I'm like, oh yes, <laughs> I've shot Mr. Rover. That so. shit in the cinema might be a too good a chance to miss, even though well, I I don't generally go out to the cinema on a Sunday. It tends to be one of my one of yeah. our rules that we don't rules. do that yeah. sort of thing. But, but I'm. But, but but the thing is with this, this was the first X film that I saw. I was 13 years old. I pleaded with my dad because everyone had gone out. I pleaded and pleaded and pleaded with my dad to take me. So I basically stood out the end and he bought two tickets. And we went in. <laughs> and they got, I got in and it was a real, that's when the cinemas were really big, you know, and they, was like, they were like huge. And, and uh, anyway, I was sat there. It was the ABC in West Hobo, Bournemouth. And the, they had a film on before, which was called Black Belt Jones with Jim Kelly. And there was quite a lot of nudity in it. And I can always remember something fondly remember my dad looking down and thinking, Whoa! <laughs> I'm like the 30 year old boy seeing these boobies and stuff. And um, yeah, so I remember that real fondly. And it's just like, wow, you know, that was the, that's, uh, so yeah. So, I mean, that's one of my top films. Well, yeah, it's one of these, it's one of these weird things, right? Because um Enter the Dragon is one of those films that I saw quite young. I saw quite because everybody was everyone was talking about this film, and it was, you saw it quite young. And you didn't really, it didn't. It's one of those things that when I go back and 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 watch it now, I'm like, whoa! I don't remember seeing this when I was five. I don't remember that naked woman. I don't remember all those guts coming out of there. I don't. Are you sure this is the same film? Because I don't remember any of this. <laughs> it's funny how you just remember the last 10 minutes really it's exactly whole... it's, it's weird you have this sort of like youthful filter in your mind that just says i don't remember that don't remember that don't remember. it's like how the blues brothers is my favorite film and i never realized until i was about 25 that there was a whole bunch of swearing in the film never noticed <laughs> <You've> never <laughs> heard it. Funny, isn't it? i've never seen blues brothers oh no, that's mm -hmm. no problem holly you have a treat ahead of you. <laughs> you, ha you have a treat ahead of you. You can right. either watch it on Netflix or I can send you my DVD copy because that's, that's what I'm keeping before somebody deletes it from somewhere. <laughs> I no longer have a D Well, I don't have easy access to a DVD player. I do have one tucked away somewhere. We can, we can do, we can, I, I can, I can find a walk around. I can find a walk around and I've, I will say no more before, you know, I get, arrested by whoever by universal i think who, who have the rights to please brothers anyway it'll doesn't happen it's not a thing anyway anyway i john john from pwc i hope that that was it is pwc right it is john from pwc i hope that that was enough bar before you and if it wasn't just go to the cinema and watch the thing i know people don't people in your family don't want to go see it with you but go anyway yeah go watch it go watch <laughs> go it go watch it surprising
until next week when uh, we will not have a Sean and we will see some stuff that I'm not even sure what it is. It I think I th there's one that I'm intrigued with called the, and I see that's out, I think, the, out the weekend called The Blackening or something. The that. Blackening, yes. Yeah, the so black that, looks, that looks quite intriguing. So, I, but, I mean, I the, think that's out Friday. The, the Blackening, I might try and watch that. I mean, I was trying yeah, to watch, I was say. I was trying to watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but they do not have that on at any reasonable time. The last showing of that is at 5 p.m. I'm yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, I know. So yeah, on work, you go to see this. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I might go see the Blackening, and I'll see if my theory that the the best joke in the film might be the poster is <laughs> whether, it, whether it holds up or not. All right, cool. Until that time, it's a goodbye from me, and it's a goodbye from me. Goodbye for me. Mm. Goodbye for me. Thank you ever so much for joining us. Goodbye. goodbye.